You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your truth Life. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. Today's episode is going to be answering your pregnancy-related questions. So I am about 33 weeks pregnant at the time of recording this, so who knows how much time I've got left. And I haven't done a formal pregnancy podcast answering your questions. I've left some things told on Instagram, although I feel like it's been a pretty quiet season of not oversharing for me. This episode, I'm going to answer your questions dropped in my Instagram question box. Um, I have answered a lot of the questions that were sent in by way of my first trimester blog and a second trimester blog. I'll also have a third trimester blog when I guess this whole thing wraps up probably, if not, I guess a more of a birth story situation. Um, so I'll link those for any questions related to like how we conceived and apps that I used and kind of like our process there. So if you're looking for those types of details, I'll put those all in the show notes below. This episode, I am going to get into some more private things, I guess. Um, I'm going to answer questions like what I'm going to do about Evan and I disagreeing on parenting and things that I feel people don't talk about, the most surprising things. 
libido, sex drive, all that stuff, as well as answering the most uh, asked or re-asked question of this pregnancy, which has been, did I get the COVID vaccine? You know, that's a curious one for a lot of you, and there's good reason I didn't address it, and I'm going to break that down in this podcast. So let's start with the first question, which is, did you ever find out what caused the early bleeding? So I mentioned very early on that I had a lot of bleeding in the beginning. There's something called implantation bleeding that happens for a certain percentage of women. It's actually one of the earliest signs of pregnancy. However, if you do Google implantation bleeding, there's plenty of ways to see pictures. And what I had looked nothing like anything on the internet. I had a lot of bleeding, went to the doctor very early on. Uh, She had said, this doesn't look like implantation bleeding, but the pregnancy progressed as usual. So no, I never found out what it was. I asked the doctor. She kind of just said, huh, I don't know. You just realized you were pregnant really early. That's all I could really say about that. That's all I could really tell you. So for anybody here who is (laughs) trying to conceive, um, it was very similar to a period. I thought it was. So that's what caused the confusion when I was testing positive, but it was also not a miscarriage. So Pregnancy is really not something you could Google for answers. Um, And there is so much uncertainty in those first 13 weeks, I'd really say, first trimester for me. There's uncertainty throughout the entire thing, but I'd say the first trimester just comes with a ton of uncertainty, unrest, self-doubt, big emotions that... I certainly never expected or didn't realize that so many women are going through during that time. Even once you get confirmation of pregnancy, there's always that really big fear of loss, especially in those early weeks before you're showing, before there's really much to show for any of it. Just want to really normalize that experience for anybody out there who's totally freaked out and going crazy in their head. I have found that for a lot of my friends, this is also the truth. And it's also such a super isolating time during that first trimester where you just have no one to talk to about it. And all these big emotions are coming up and so much self-doubt about parenting. Can you do this? You're sick. You don't feel like yourself. It's supposed to be this joyful time, but it's not. At least it wasn't for me. I was nauseous 100% of the first trimester. I actually never threw up. So I had morning sickness, all day sickness really, but never with vomit, just constant nausea to the point of crawling from room to room, couldn't walk. I mean, it was it was a real experience. You don't think you're going to make it out, like you're ever going to feel like yourself again. And then one day you do. <laughs> and wait for that day if you're not there yet, because it is so worth it. Next question is asking about the gender reveal. First, I want to say that I refer to this publicly as a biological sex. So when you find out the quote unquote gender of your baby, you are finding out the biological sex purely. Does it have a penis or does it have a vagina? I stay away from the word gender because as many of us know, gender is a social construct and gender, many people do not align with, as they get older, they do not align with the gender that 
they're given causes a lot of disharmony and pain and feelings of unease. And I'm super conscious to that, especially I know I have audience members or audience people in my audience who listen that were um, born biologically female but don't feel female. They, they their, their gender is male or the opposite. Um, and I think there's really no reason to call it a gender because that word is sensitive to people. So by biological sex, I am meaning what many of you call gender, but um, I will only call it biological sex for these purposes. So I hope that makes a little bit sense and hopefully informs shapes a little bit the way you talk on a topic that I am sensitive to. And I don't think it's being overly sensitive to really just use the terminology a little bit more appropriately. So we did find out baby S's biological sex um, as early as I could, which was, I think, about 10 weeks via a blood test. I was very, very, very eager. I felt that baby S had a very strong energy to which biological sex baby S was, is, and I was just dying to know. I am one of those people that I wouldn't say I'd really wanted one sex. However, I felt very connected to a certain energy and it was going to be weird after 10 weeks to then maybe be like, oh, it's actually the other sex. It would have been fine, of course, but nobody really admits what they want. I, I Again, it's not what I wanted, but I had a really strong feeling and connection to an energy and I was right. And I was also excited by it. So at this point, I don't know when this episode is going to come out and I don't know if I've announced it yet, but I also decided not to share it with Instagram and my audience on any of my platforms. I just got the signal from baby S that they wanted privacy around this. And somebody asked me to elaborate on how I knew and it's kind of simple, yet also kind of esoteric in the sense that when I keep in mind, I filmed a reveal for you all. I planned to share this months and months ago. And then when I sat with myself and my baby, I just got the download, I guess, for lack of a better word, the line of communication that said, I'd rather you not share that. The world doesn't need to know. This baby has really strong energy. Baby S communicates really clearly, which makes my life kind of easy in knowing what to do and in order to honor the wants and the needs. And it was really interesting for me surrounding this because so much of my life has been on display for as long as I can remember. And I've always been a sharer. I'd love to share. I always did so with really no guards up. And I guess this was my first sign that my life is changing. And when sharing, I need to consider who else I'm sharing about and did they consent. And obviously, I know this isn't a verbal consent situation, but I think that there's something about 
you know, I don't know how I'm going to be with a child yet, but there's something about putting our children on the internet without their consent or without them really understanding what they're consenting to that I think isn't really fair. And again, I don't know how I'm going to act as a mom or how I'm going to feel. I think I'll always honor what I think my child wants, even if they can't communicate verbally. But for me, I got that direct download that was just like, no, please don't share that. Not for the world to know. And I had to honor it. And that's what I've been doing. And around the time of my birthday, a couple weeks ago, uh, I checked in and baby S was like, cool, good to go. You could share. And I haven't yet as of this recording because now baby S was ready. Now I got to be ready to share that. And I know it's not a big deal. I kind of got used to this whole like privacy thing and keeping things private. And now I'm excited to share. And I just want the timing to just feel really right. But I'm thrilled to share this news with all of you, especially because there's so much excitement and goodness and positive energy surrounding, I know, whichever biological sex baby S is, you're all going to be hyped. I think if you take a moment to get quiet with yourself about anything, you're going to find that there are answers, information, downloads, deep knowing of what you need, or perhaps if you're pregnant, what your baby needs, but you got to get quiet to hear it. And it's, Again, it's people are going to be people listening. I know that think that I'm probably wacky, but this is my experience and I feel super connected to it. So that's, that's why I didn't share. And that's why I feel ready to share now. Right. So there is something called a baby nurse that some of you are familiar with. Some of you aren't. And, um, a lot of my friends and family have had baby nurses. So this is a concept that I'm, I've been familiar with. And a baby nurse is basically somebody that lives with you. Or you could also have a night nurse. That's a separate option. Um, but it's uh, somebody who is specifically trained to help you take care of a newborn baby. So they're not a nanny. They are specific for newborn babies from birth till some people do a week, two weeks, a month, two months. Um, more than that kind of can get a little bit crazy financially, but, um, the max I think most people do is around two months. Although I know somebody that did six months, which I'll explain in a second. I was actually pretty anti-baby nurse in my first trimester. And the reason was because, first of all, it's such a luxury to be able to do so. It's a huge you know, financial change on top of a baby. But my resistance really came from the idea of, you know, Evan and I have been doing this life together, just the two of us, for um, as long as I can remember, we've been in this house now a year, baby comes, that's three people. And now baby nurse, that's four people. <laughs> that's a lot of people in my house. And the idea of having somebody else take care of my baby and help with that just felt really strange to me in the beginning. Um, I have a bunch of friends that didn't have baby nurses and they described the experience as amazing. So, you know, it was a really fantastic time for them and their partner to experience the magic together as their new family and collaborate and, you know, help each other and get through the struggles of all of that. 
And so I heard really positive experiences from my friends who didn't have baby nurses. And I really wanted that intimate experience. My friends who did have baby nurses were really grateful for the help, but a lot of them had major issues with the baby nurse themselves or kind of just the logistics of the whole thing. Um, it's really strange. You know, you don't know the person very intimately when you hire them, then they come into your house and you have to, you know, make sure that they're fed and they're taken care of as well. So I also just didn't want to play host or be passive in the parenting that I have, you know, this person is going to be an expert on newborns. They know CPR, they know how to feed and breastfeed and all that stuff. Um, and they really know how to take care of a newborn, but I, I don't, I want to feel in charge and not like I need to kind of tiptoe around somebody else. So I really did not feel like that was a good fit for me in the first trimester, but as the second trimester came around and I started to get excited about planning, I started to also feel the daunting realization that I don't know how to do a lot of things. And I'm a very hands-on learner. Like I love all the courses that I've taken, which are in my blog posts. And I love watching and learning and it could eat up all that information. But until I change a diaper, until I bathe my baby, until I feed my baby and breastfeed my baby myself, I am not going to really know how to do it. I think a lot of people are like that. And I started to feel really overwhelmed about the first week. As many of you know, Evan's job, my husband's career is really demanding. There is no really work from home option. It is really, you know, just a lot. I'm not going to have that intimate three-person family experience. You know, if I get it and someone asks, how long is Evan going to take off? I don't really know. I think a week if I'm lucky. I'm not even counting on that, honestly, at this point, because we have the baby nurse and he wants to be there, believe it or not. Um, I know not all husbands are. Evan is a very hands-on person. This is going to be so crushing for him to have to go to work when he wants to be with his baby. But the way things are designed and he's got patients that, you know, need him and are set up to see him, I just know that he's not going to be available in that way. I started to realize that I'm going to need help. So we decided to hire a baby nurse, which I, as soon as I made that decision, I actually felt so much better because it allowed me to go back to being excited about the baby rather than feeling just so overwhelmed about the first 30 days, let's call it. Um, the question I got was, how did I go about finding them? So there's a lot of ways to go about finding a baby nurse. Again, you can do just a night nurse. You can do a baby nurse that lives with you, somebody that just comes in the night because it's, you know, at the time, at least when I started looking for this, this was earlier in 2021, um, COVID was a big thing on the mind. Um, I didn't like the idea of somebody coming and leaving. If somebody's going to come, I want them to come and stay and, you know, feel confident that they're not getting COVID and then coming back. That was kind of the idea. So I went with a, a full nurse and, um, you could also do a, I believe a lactation doula. I'm not so familiar with that, but I believe some doulas can kind of help with lactation and, basically assist in some of those next steps. But baby nurses are specifically trained for those first few months. They know baby CPR. Um, they really help you figure out how to get the baby on a sleep schedule, which is, you know, really going to be key. Um, and 
they are in theory awake with the baby overnight so mom can sleep they bring the baby to you um so that you can breastfeed or if you're not breastfeeding i guess they could also just do the bottle feeds in the middle of the night themselves and not wake mom our plan is to breastfeed so um i'm not sure how this is going to play out like i'm a little bit more hands-on right now thinking that i will be hands-on like i i know i'm getting this baby nurse and i should use the baby nurse and everything but i really want the baby to sleep next to me in a bassinet <laughs> but uh, you know most people that get baby nurses their baby goes right into a crib immediately in a separate room in the nursery i don't know what it's going to look like yet i'm just sharing some of the things that baby nurses do uh, you could go through an agency to get a baby nurse, or if you know somebody that's had one, you could get a referral. Like I said, I know a lot of people that have had baby nurses. That being said, I never met a baby nurse of any of my friends that I thought would be a great fit for Evan and I. Uh, again, this is somebody living in your house. It's a very intimate experience. And I didn't really care to go with like somebody that worked with a friend, but I thought I could use a referral from a friend to find the next one. And that's kind of what happened. I asked one friend for a baby nurse referral. She sent me one. I reached out to this one who had really good reviews, but she was already taken for six months out. You got to book them kind of early. And she gave me some names of some other ones. And I went ahead and interviewed, I believe, three. And then once I felt good about one or two, I had another call with Evan so Evan could meet the baby nurse and we could kind of joint decide. Some things that you ask on the call is, you know, things like, do you do baby CPR? How many years have you been doing this? You get a list of past clients. And so the one that I found, I don't know anybody else that has used her. However, her references were fantastic. I spoke to two of them, which were both in the last year to two years. One was during COVID and then the next one she was with right now. And the one that she's with right now actually ended up extending. So my baby nurse who's coming to me will have been with my, her past um, baby for six months, which is kind of unheard of in baby nurse world. Normally, again, it's like two, three months max. So that's a really good sign that she's, you know, fantastic. For me, I just wanted somebody that was really easygoing that I felt could be a leader, but also step back. Never actually met my baby nurse in person, but hopefully things go well. And um, I like her just as much as I think that I will like her. I don't know what this life is going to look like. I'm not pretending to. So one day at a time. Someone asked if there are things that Evan and I disagree on with the baby or raising a child, such as having a vegan baby. So this question is kind of funny. Um, well, as many of you know, Evan is vegan and I am not. And uh, I think when it comes to all of this, Evan and I agree that what's best for the baby is going to always be the answer. Evan leaves things like diet in my hands. So I feel confident that that won't be an issue. And we will see eye to eye on most things related to food, making sure our baby has a healthy relationship to food, a healthful diet, a non-restrictive diet. I don't want to impose any of our stuff on our baby. Um, and I assume the baby's going to eat like us. So Evan eats technically vegan. I don't. So I assume the baby will eat like me. Um, uh, there are certain nutrients that need to be emphasized early 
on for baby. And I will make sure that the baby gets those nutrients by way of food or a supplement. And I will never, ever, ever, you know, put my own ideologies ahead of what my baby needs. When it comes to other parenting things, it's a good question. I'm sure Evan and I will not see eye to eye on all things parenting for the rest of our lives. I, I, we've never done this, right? We both come from different homes of what, what is right, what is not right. Uh, we've never had an emotional attachment to a child before. So parenting in theory is very different than parenting in actuality. When you need to say no, when you, you know, don't want to hurt your baby's feelings, when you have to be harsh, even though, you know, it, it, who wants to be harsh with their baby or their child, but there's different disciplining practices and I've got a lot to learn in that department. So I'll hold off on pretending I'm an expert here. I want to grow a child and human being that's autonomous will go out into the world and feel confident. And I know certain things how that my parents did that were great, certain things that I don't want to do. And I plan to kind of model it off of that and hopefully be a tag team. Again, I don't expect to agree on everything, but overall, I think Evan and I see eye to eye on life. And I think that will translate through our parenting. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Next question was, what has exercise been like during pregnancy? Great question. Glad you asked. First trimester, zilch. No exercise at all. Second trimester, I was on fuego. I was on fire. I felt amazing. My Peloton was my best friend. I was climbing large inclines. I was feeling fantastic. I was doing strength training classes. I was teaching yoga. And then third trimester came and physically I started, or I should say structurally, I started to deteriorate. The body is shifting. The hips are widening. I don't have good hips to begin with. I think I got injured pretty early on. 
Um, and I pulled something or I don't know what happened, but I really started to struggle at the very end of second trimester, the beginning of third, which made my exercise return to zero. Just getting out of bed became a huge struggle. I had deep pelvic pain, which, um, I think many people have. There's something called SPD. SPD stands for symphysis pubis dysfunction. And basically the pelvic joints are moving too much, which makes makes sense because I can be kind of hypermobile. So I have that plus gaining weight and it just really feels uncomfortable. You, without getting into too many details here, because this is kind of a more private one, I also felt for a long time, a lot of heaviness down there. Um, and I spoke to a lot of friends that had no idea what I was talking about, but it kind of felt like I needed to hold up my private parts and I had a lot of increased blood volume and it was just a situation. I'm now I don't have that as much. I still have some physical pain, but, um, I saw a chiropractor twice a week for a while, physical therapy. I saw once because it wasn't covered by insurance, but it was fantastic. Um, I get regular massages now once a week, which is of course a luxury, but holy moly, so helpful, especially because I am always even pre-pregnancy. My muscles get really, really tight. My, my glutes especially really struggle. So in these massages that I've been having, I've just been focusing on my inner thigh, outer thigh, and glute specifically, maybe a little bit of neck, and it has been hugely helpful. Third trimester took a huge hit to exercise, which kind of stunk because it's the middle of summer. This is like my month. I love summer. You know, it's just a really a daily practice of honoring your body and your needs and not getting caught up in anything else. So every single day in pregnancy is different. I think one of the hardest jobs somebody can have is being a fitness instructor and then being pregnant. I saw Megan Roop go through it and oh my gosh, do I give her credit because every day is like, you don't know what your body is going to need or be able to do. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to take rest both with my um, job and working from home as well as with my mental capacity. You know, I used to suffer from exercise addiction. Exercise was just, you know, more than just exercise for me. It was a necessity. And it's, it's really challenged me to get still, to rest radically. Um, and yeah, kind of just take it day by day. So I stopped teaching yoga now. I really hope to get like one or two more classes of teaching in. I don't know. We'll see. We're kind of getting close to the end here, but you got to just take it easy. What is something you feel like people don't talk about? The one thing I will say is that it is the most primal experience of my life. I feel like everything about being a woman or just a human being is heightened. All the things that we tuck away to be this pristine thing in society, to wear clothing, to hold in our bodily functions for all that stuff, goes out the door. You know, we have an urgency to pee. When you got to pee, you got to pee. When you want to have sex, you want to have sex. When you want to eat, you got to eat. Uh, your boobs, they're growing. They're even leaking a little bit in the second, and or for me at least, second and third trimester. And you start to just take up space physically and emotionally. And you feel like so, I feel at least, so 
empowered and like charged in what I would call a positive way because you feel so alive and unkept and it's freeing and liberating if you allow it to. But then the strange thing is you're still expected to continue on with life as normally. So I work for myself, which is fantastic. But for most people that have to go to work and show up, get out the door and and either be nurses or lawyers or whatever it is, to then have to like button yourself up in certain situations is really a strange thing because you're just going through this undoing so much inside is changing and so much outside is changing and everything I I feel excited by it like I love that I'm ravenous sometimes I love that I have a heightened sex drive at times I don't love that I have to pee every three seconds but there's something about feeling all the human experience at this heightened level that again is so primal your hair is growing really fast like you know it's not all beautiful in the sense of how we think about the pregnancy glow and looking so manicured, but there's something that feels so alive from the center of your being that I find so exciting, especially because there have been many seasons in my life where I feel kind of dull, where I feel like out of touch with my sensations and being so in touch with my naturalness, the nature of being a woman and all of that is just... Wow. You know, like it is such a privilege to experience childbirth in my belly. You know, even though I'm the one that has to go through with the labor and all the hard stuff, I think that kind of stinks for Evan that he doesn't get to experience this. Again, I know that not everybody loves pregnancy and there has been so much discomfort with my pregnancy, but I do still love it despite it being uncomfortable. And for those of you that hate pregnancy, totally fine. I think that needs to be normalized 100%. I hear from tons of women who absolutely hate it. That's fine. My experience is just, I feel more alive, even though I feel really in pain a lot of the time. And that's something that is exciting for me. Another thing that I think people don't talk about is as I enter the third trimester, I'm grieving a little bit. I'm already grieving the loss of Lisa and Evan as a unit, just being husband and wife. We've been together for six, seven years. I think it's going to be in October. I'm grieving just us already. You know, it's different. We're not mom and dad yet. We, it's, you know, we're, we're like boyfriend, girlfriend, even though we're husband and wife enter new baby. And that's just a dynamic shift and it's going to change everything in an instant. Even it already has, you know, these last nine months, I think really prepare you for that. I mean, most of the time our conversations are centered around the baby already, but there's something to grieve the loss of just us, even though it comes with the birth literally of baby S and our future. And it's the most exciting time of our life. And that to me is exciting, but also comes with a twinge of sadness of, you know, after that, you know, hopefully we'll have more babies, but um, there's something about that. That's a little bit sad to go through your most exciting moment in life. 
And maybe I'm wrong for those of you who are listening that have kids and you're like, no, this part's the most exciting, this, this, this. But I don't know from where, where I see it, this is a huge, this is a huge change. And it's just, it's magical. It's miraculous. It's, it's so many, it's so many things. So I'd say those are the two most surprising things. Uh, and it also goes really quick. I know not everyone would agree with me on that, but like for those who deliver prematurely, you, if I gave birth any time from now until I was ready or even before this, I would feel like my time was cut short being pregnant. I feel like I'm still just like getting used to this process. And I, I, I don't know. It's just a, it goes quickly, even though in those moments of first trimester, where you're not feeling good. And even third trimester, we're not feeling good. It still goes quick. All right, let's ask, let's answer the question of will I get or did I get the COVID vaccine? Well, for some context, I got pregnant in December around the same time when the COVID vaccine became available ish. I probably, I probably wouldn't have been able to get it until a couple months later. Evan is a healthcare worker, so he got it. This question, I, I think I actually did answer it for at first. And then it kept coming up and I decided that I don't want to answer it. And I'm going to tell you why I didn't answer it. And hopefully you can respect it. And hopefully it will make you think a little bit in general about your decisions and social media. So this is a politically charged topic, but for me, it's really not. I never identified as being an anti-vaxxer or being a pro-vaxxer. I've never even had those types of identities or thoughts before. I personally, I trust science. I believe in public health recommendations, and I believe that the major ones are really put in place to keep all of us safe. This specific vaccine was approved for emergency use by the FDA due to the nature of this pandemic. That means that it did not go through the same testing that most FDA-approved vaccines go through. However, I think that was an incredibly important thing, again, due to the situation that we were all in. In pregnancy, this subpopulation, I think there's a little bit more to think about and to discuss with your doctors. My doctor and many doctors do recommend it, is what I have found. And based on the data we have about this vaccine type in general, my gut does believe that it is safe for pregnancy, for the baby, for mom, and in long term. However, we don't have the studies to show and prove that both short and long term for this specific vaccine. We do know that getting COVID in pregnancy is not ideal, that we really don't know the long term effects that that will have on the baby moving forward. And we also know that the mental health ramifications of COVID in general are not good for mom and baby. I could speak to that, especially in the depths of this past winter, how incredibly tough it was to be isolated and pregnant and really struggling. So I realized that many people asked me, or actually many people begged me to tell them what I did. Did I get the vaccine or did I not? And just to be candid for a second, being a quote unquote influencer, you know, I'm a registered dietitian. That's what I went to school for. But being in this influencer space where I share so much of my life and it does impact people and their choices is a really weird thing. And I realized that this isn't an area that I want to influence someone else, especially because it's a decision that I struggle slash struggled with myself. 
It is a personal health decision that can only be made by you because only you know your life, your risk factors, your exposure, and all the things that go into your day-to-day that affect whether this is the best choice for you. My husband is a healthcare worker. I am sick of COVID. I am scared of COVID, and I truly want this to be done. But when it comes to pregnancy, I don't want to be the one to make your choice. So whatever my choice was, I'm just not sure if it was the best perfect choice. But what I can say is that you need to look inward and get to know your own life and look at it. And most importantly, choose or re-choose, meaning go find someone else. Choose a healthcare provider that you do trust, that you can have conversations with so that you can make the best decision for you. On something that comes with such uncertainty from my own self, it's not something that I could really weigh in on. And the most important thing I think to consider is when looking to others for advice, keep in mind they don't have your life. So all of us have different lives, different exposure to things, different other pre-existing conditions. And I don't think it's fair to really look to anybody else besides your deep knowing of what you need to make that assessment. So I'm still going to keep it evasive for now uh, because I don't feel like I have the exact answer or the right answer and I don't want to influence in that sphere. And I think there's nothing wrong, by the way, with choosing places to share or not share, especially when it impacts somebody's potential health. Um, I also think that there's something called health privacy, which is we should honor. I don't think it's appropriate to go around asking people whether they are vaccinated or not, Um, especially in the manner that I was asked. I felt it was a very intrusive question when we don't treat medical, you know, there's HIPAA laws in place for a reason and people have a right to their privacy. And I think that should be honored. So My question to you is, why do you feel the need to ask or look towards somebody else to make that decision? Look at your own lifestyle factors, consult with your healthcare professional, look at your life and really ask yourself, what do me and my baby need? And that's all I could say, because there is no right decision. There is no wrong decision. Uh, there's only what you need. And yeah, hope that you can respect that. Will I try to breastfeed and what will I do if it doesn't work? Yep, yeah, the plan is to breastfeed. Many of you know I have breast implants. I've had them for a long time, uh, like over 15 years, I think, just about 15 years. And um, I do remember the doctor saying that I would be able to breastfeed. I've already had some leaking, so I feel like that's a good sign. Um, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and I'm going to have to use formula. And that's that's what it's going to be. But I plan to breastfeed and give it a try, and I really hope to. Um, and I'm going to give it a really good go. And again, the baby nurse is, is going to hopefully assist in that because I think a lot of people give up possibly a little bit early because there's a lot of things to get right with it. And without assistance might feel really overwhelming. Um, so yeah, that's my plan. 
Libido during pregnancy, a sex drive. Okay. Similar to exercise. I feel like this kind of goes hand in hand. First trimester. Uh, no, there was no libido. I couldn't think about anything besides for white rice with soy sauce. Give me anything salty. And I was down, but don't go near me. I will kick you. (laughs) Um, libido during pregnancy, second trimester. Wow. This was really interesting. It goes up or it went up for me, I should say. Um, again, like I said, that primal, those urges, I felt so connected to that. And, um, I really welcomed it. There's something about feeling hyper woman, hyper female, hyper (laughs) that I really welcomed back into my life. And it is, was exciting. I'm still in my third trimester. So I don't feel like I could accurately really give this. I feel like, you know, it's kind of leveling out, but definitely still more heightened than, than pre-pregnancy probably has to do with again, blood flow in that area, big hormonal changes, who knows what else, but it's a fun time. I'll definitely say that. Realistic expectation of self-care with a newborn, considering the risk of PPD, postpartum depression. So that's a scary question. And I have to be honest, the biggest transition to having this child is that my life has always been about me. It's really been about me for a while. I've been able to prioritize my self-care, my mental health, and as much as I will always do this, this baby's going to come first for a while. It doesn't ha- it needs me to eat to for all the basic human stuff, right? Change its diapers. And so I don't know what this looks like yet, but I know that as always, I will check in with myself. Um, I went back to therapy during pregnancy for my mental health, and I will probably stay in therapy for a while, especially during this huge transition phase as I know so many women lose their sense of self. I think it will be helpful to have an hour break once a week at least to be like, how are you doing? And really allow myself to check in, even if my meditation goes out the door or all the things that kind of keep me well. Um, sleep for me is really important for my mental health. So again, I have that nurse, which hopefully will be really helpful. But I don't know if I have a realistic expectation because I have no idea what this life is going to look like. And I expect, as I've spoken to a lot of my friends, that even though it's the most joyful you know, time of your life, um, it can be really hard. And postpartum depression is really real. And it also doesn't always manifest itself as just depression. It can manifest itself as anxiety, personality changes, all that stuff. So as always, I look to also my friends to kind of help me see if something's not right and help, you know, am I acting weird? Am I being weird? Um, I feel not afraid to ask for help, not afraid to communicate with my husband, um, not afraid to go to medication if that's something that I have to do. I've been on medication in the past for anxiety, depression, that stuff. Like I said, anything to keep my baby healthy and safe, and that starts with making sure mama is healthy and safe. So do I have a plan? No. Do I have expectations? I really don't day by day, just like all of this. And this question, which came from Jordan Younger, the balanced blonde, of course, who's also pregnant. She said, or she asked me, what is the biggest learning I've had about myself and my heart in this pregnancy? 
This pregnancy has really forced me to get quiet, listen to my own needs and the needs of my baby. And it has really showed me that those answers are often way more available than I ever knew. But I got to get quiet. I got to slow down. I got to listen and make time for them. And as mindful as I am or as spiritual as I am, I don't know if I was as good as doing that as I am during this pregnancy. I My circle has gotten a lot smaller. I'm really not available for a lot of the exterior people in my life. I'm not available for a lot of the drama that has circulated my life for a long time. It has really allowed me to place strong boundaries around myself in order to protect myself and this baby, which in turn has made me feel really strong and powerful and in control. I feel so much more compassionate. There have been major learning lessons about what it truly means to be a compassionate individual and how to lead with love. I mean, I just feel like I'm a completely different person and I'm so grateful that I've had this time and will continue to have a little bit of time to slow down and think about who Lisa is in phase two. Everything before this has been phase one. It's been about me. It's, it's been just about me. And phase two is not just about me. It's about Lisa, the mom. And that's a huge hat to start wearing that I've never worn before, um, which I'm excited to do, but it comes with change and I'm welcoming that change into my life. My business is welcoming that change into our lives meaning my business has always been me. So naturally, the me you see is going to change so that it's a proper reflection of who I'm becoming every day. And that means big things changing. And I don't know exactly what those things are because I'm not there yet, but I'm not afraid of change. I had tarot card reading with Jess Stone early in this pregnancy and one of the most amazing things that she told me, and I forget what the card was and what the way she pulled it, but she said, this baby is here to help you level up. Meaning, don't stop living your life for this baby. This baby's here to hold it down while you go do big things into this world. I actually think my baby has big things to do in this world. And that's actually feels like a fire inside of me. I love that shift because... I'm going to keep that in mind when I, you know, there is going to be a period of time where this baby needs my undivided attention, but I don't want to lose my entire sense of purpose in just being a mom, at least right now. I think there's a time I do want to fully indulge in that and just do the mom thing and get lost in it. Similar to other stages of my life where I've allowed myself to just indulge in those processes and loved it. But I know that I'm here to do some other things and I don't know what those things are exactly, but I love that I feel the support of my baby and that I can be a fantastic mom as well as a fantastic individual. 
here to make my baby proud, that my baby's going to be proud of me no matter what. But I'm just, I'm learning, I'm expanding. At the same time, my circle's getting smaller, my boundaries are in place, and I'm I've got that mama bear energy, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do to protect me, to protect my baby. Final question, final, final question is what I'm most excited about meeting baby S. So I'm actually not a newborn person. I have never really loved the newborn phase. I actually don't really love kids till they're like three, four, five, six, but I feel like I'm most excited I really like baby S in my womb. Let's start with that. I feel the most safe knowing baby S is inside me and their life hasn't begun yet, right? There's no birthday yet. They haven't taken the first sip of oxygen. Their life hasn't hasn't started yet in outside of my womb. And I love that. And I am really going to miss that. And to be honest, I have really... Um, not gotten so far past the, the birth thing yet. Labor, as many of you know, kind of became a big fear of mine over the last um, couple of months, which surprised me because it wasn't a fear that I knew that I had. Um, but I have been taking hypnobirthing, which I've talked about in a blog post, and I'm trying to get my hypnobirthing teacher to come on for a podcast to talk about it. I can't say how effective it is in, in birth as I'm not there yet, but I have reduced a lot of the fear around birth, but a lot lot of my thoughts are really consumed about birth and labor and that whole process to the point where I haven't really made it to the next step beyond that. Maybe like the first three months are like in my vision, but beyond that, I really can't see what life is like. Definitely excited to see Evan as a dad. I think seeing him so soft is going to be just his element, especially because it's really hard for him to wind down. A baby is just naturally going to force him into softness, whether he's doing morning feeds or he comes home at night and he opens the door and he peeks in, you know, whatever that is. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to just take care of my little baby and encapsulate baby S with so much love all the time that it just radiates into the little body. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm most excited about, especially meeting. I feel like I know Baby S pretty well already. I'm curious if Baby S is going to be like as cool as Baby S feels. Like Baby S feels like a real rock star. So we'll see. We will see. That wraps up all the questions. And if you've got more questions, you know where to find me. Thanks for hanging with me. And I'll see you all soon. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. 
Right Rug Flooring. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.